0: anyway. I
1: didn't feel so great
0: Until I saw the city
1: Welcome back to Straight from the Source with Michael Russo. Thanks as always for tuning in. My guest today, Bill Guerin, the Wild General Manager. Uh, He and I sat down yesterday in Dallas uh, before the Wilds' 4-1 loss to the Dallas Stars um and uh, talked a lot about the trade deadline, talked a lot about the funk that the Wild are in, and some of the deficiencies within the roster right now. Um, talked about uh, his hope that this team can figure out its uh, Goal scoring woes. And uh, last night was just another example of the Wild uh, being incapable of scoring right now. It is just what a difference a year has made. Last year, the Wild were third in the NHL and five on five goals. This year, they are down to 28th and sinking and the team is sinking. They've lost five of the last seven games. Um, and uh, I'm trying to see right now. They're a point from essentially falling out of the playoffs right now. They do have a game in hand on Calgary. The Wild play the Vegas Golden Knights uh, tonight at home to kick off a seven-game homestand, but you know, there's just this ominous feeling right now the way that the team is playing and it's not just, one, it's it's the fact that they're pretty much full roster for a while now. Obviously Jonas Perdina is out with a lower body injury. We'll see um, how serious that is. Uh, he blocked seven shots the other night uh, several off his foot late in the game. so that's probably um, you know somewhat what's going on with him and hopefully it's not a long-term uh, injury because we know that how imperative Jonas Prodine is to the wild success. Um, but, it's not just that they're healthy and losing it's that, th- that they have had so much regression inside their lineup and there's just been no signs that they're going to snap out of it and last night was just a great example um 40 shots on goal so plenty of scoring chances in the game they took six penalties in arizona the other night last night they took one and let's be honest jamie ben belly flopped it was a dive ryan hartman should not have been penalized there um uh, you know, and other than the penalty shot that was uh, awarded to Foxa for the trip by Jordan Greenway, the wild essentially were disciplined last night. So 40 shots on goal. Um, they scored a power play goal. Um, disciplined in the game and just couldn't figure out a way to score one even strength goal even. Um, And then on a power play in the third period that had a chance to pull within one, uh, the Wild didn't score on that power play, didn't even get a shot on that power play. So just really disappointing that the way that the team has been playing, Uh, Ryan Hartman, obviously having a very, very tough season. Jordan Greenway's production is just zero. Marcus Foligno having a very tough time this season and had a really tough night. In Dallas the other night. So it's getting very concerning here. Now, I talked to Bill Guerin, as you'll hear during this podcast, about the team and his uh, desire to go out and maybe make some changes, but he still wants to be patient and give and hope that guys like Hartman, Greenway, and Felino start scoring. But it's been 50 games this year, and and so far it hasn't happened, and there's been no signs that that is changing. So that's the concern right now. And if you're Bill Guerin, do you make a trade now to try to save the season and get some scoring in the lineup, or do you be a little more patient, see what happens on the 7th? gain homestand and where you stand right afterwards there's they're in this awkward spot right now because they've banked, you know, intentionally. Um, Bill Guerin in the front office has done a have done a really good job this year, taking a team that has very little cap uh, flexibility and creating a ton of cap space going into the deadline. The Wild essentially could add, according to cap friendly, right now, and again, it goes up by the day because you accrue cap space through the season. They could add a 10.3 million dollar player, a 10.3 million dollars worth of players at the deadline without even giving up a. Pr- a single penny so this was what bill garan i think when he thought this team could be a true contender was planning all along is to go use that cap space as capital and go and, and swing for the fences and try to get some significant players in here but this team is giving him no reason to do that because one they might not even make the playoffs and two um is it really worth taking a team that's struggling to this degree this at this important juncture and giving up a first round pick or valuable assets to go out and get a rental when you might not even make the playoffs? And at a minimum, you know, you can't re-sign that player. And similarly, you can't go out and give up prospects or picks for anybody with term because the wild can't afford anybody with term because of the dead cap money next year at 14.7 million and 14.7 the, the following year. So I don't know what he's going to plan to do. There's really two methods that I I think he can do is go out and try to get rentals on the cheap. So maybe you can go out and get a JVR or something like that if the price isn't high. Um, or uh, I- I- essentially use weaponize that cap space to what teams like Arizona do a lot at the trade deadline and maybe try to get another team to give you a bad contract or expensive players and, and be sort of either that third party conduit or landing spot for contracts. And then you acquire assets or prospects. Um, But, you know, maybe draft picks uh, would be the more likely method um, in a draft that is going to be super loaded this year. And you give Judd Brackett more, you know, uh, bullets in the chamber. So it's just going to be interesting on how the wild do this but this is you know a team right now that uh, just is not playing well and again nine of the last um uh or they've lost 5 of 7 but i was looking back at the 2019 season the last time the wild missed the playoffs and the Wild came out of the break and lost nine of their first 10 and just did an absolute belly flop in in, um, in the month of February. If you remember, um, that was when they traded Nino Niederreiter. Then the day the buy started, they picked up Anthony Biteto off waivers. That gave them too many players. So it was a really confusing move by Paul Fenton in the front office. And then, because they had too many players, when they came out of the break, they took J.T. Brown and Nate Prosser, an unbelievably popular player inside that locker room, and sent them both to Iowa. And then the team just absolutely flopped from there, um, and didn't make the playoffs. So they went. They wound up sort of getting themselves out of it at, at the end of February, and going on a little bit of a tear. But right now, this this team is just not playing well. Didn't uh, look good at times against Dallas last night. They're just. Um, you know, it's just uncharacteristic of this team's identity. We're in critical junctures inside games. They are turning pucks over, making bad fundamental decisions. We saw that the other night, a miscommunication off the face off the of second goal, and then the winning goal by Jack McBain, um, two defensemen get caught. And then for some ungodly reason, Matt Zuccarello loses his mind and just goes in for the, for, to, for a high risk play and boom, break away the other way for the losing goal that Marc-Andre Fleury couldn't stop. So, um, um, they are, and again, last night, you know, for the most part, they played pretty well. They were turning pucks over way too often, but they turned the puck over on the first goal. Kalen Addison takes a really bad decision on the second goal, and then a really weak forecheck by the uh, grief line on the third goal uh, leads to um, uh, leads to uh, uh, the game losing goal. Essentially, um, you know, to me, once it went up three nothing, that was it. But I just don't get what what the the, the play is that a lot of these guys are making. Like guys like Marcus Felino, they should be a nuts and bolts, get the puck deep line and go to work. And they're trying to make these ridiculous plays in the neutral zone, not getting pucks deep. And it just continually... Bites them, and last night it was unconscionable in the first period and the first ten minutes of the second. How many ridiculous turnovers the Wild made, either in their own zone by defensemen or at the offensive blue line or at center ice by by forwards. I mean, and normally reliable guys like Freddie Goudreau, Kirill Kaprizov, Zuccarello, um, Foligno, um, man, Sam Steele, just a horrendous play last night at the offensive blue line. Just get the puck deep. I d- I just don't understand the way that this team is playing lately. And it's put themselves in an unbelievable, fragile position here uh, going into this homestand that is not going to be easy. They got teams with an average of over 600 point percentage coming in here between Dallas and Colorado and and uh, New Jersey and tonight against Vegas, who until they win against Nashville the other night had been struggling. So tonight, Mark andre Fleury will get the start. We'll get an update. Joe Smith on uh, Jonas Bardeen's prognosis uh, before the game when Dean Evason talks at five. Um, and hopefully on this podcast, you'll learn a lot more of what Bill Guerin is thinking about this team and his uh, philosophy going into this year's trade deadline. We do talk about Marco Rossi on this podcast a lot, and I just don't get the impression that they want to bring him up right now and throw him into the lion's den Right now, it's the most important part of the year, and then if for some reason he does not succeed, then people start to really question him, and the pressure ratchets up on whether or not he's not going to be the player that the Wild hoped when they drafted him. So I don't think that Bill Guerin wants to put him in such a difficult spot right now, but we'll see. Um, desperate times for call for desperate methods. at time you know, de- uh, <laughs> desperate desperate times call for desperate uh, things at some points. Um, and right now, you know, the might, Wild might have a plan today that could very well change in a week. You know, same thing. You'll see a trade tracker come up on a lot of things that Bill Guerin talks about on this podcast. And remember, the context of that was going into last night's game. Well, in a week or two, if they continue to struggle, um, you, you know, obviously... Uh, things could change and he could go into sell mode and then everything they said about Goligoski or Dumbo or you know even a Reeves that maybe then he starts moving bodies out of here uh, right now and and gets ready for the future but we'll see. The one thing about the Wild is they have traditionally and especially this season been a team where every single week what you say on a podcast uh, is totally doesn't age well. I cannot explain to you how many times on my other podcasts Word Seats in the House we either go in with doom or gloom or we go and raving about this team. And a week later, it's a totally different narrative. So that's the one thing about the Wild is they usually figure out a way to get themselves out of tough, tough situations. And maybe this will be their latest. Um, First, before we get to Bill Guerin, here's a word from one of our sponsors.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone?
1: Well as always uh, thanks to be uh, to Billy Garen for uh, coming on straight from the source especially you know three weeks and two days before the trade deadline bill. I know that uh, a lot of times uh, GMs would definitely not want to be doing a podcast and and again uh, preemptive to let everybody know I mean Bill Garen cannot talk about names and trade targets and things like that that is considered tampering and you can get in a lot of trouble so we'll, we'll talk generally here. Um, but, Bill, uh, first of all, we're coming out on a day where, uh, where the Minnesota Wild, for the first time ever, number one ranked on the athletic uh, prospect list by Scott Wheeler, and it just really just shows how, uh, you know, I, I think that we both agree that the the cupboard was pretty bare when you got here. You know, they had just gotten Matt Boldy and actually had a really good draft right before that, um, but it just feels like you've added a lot of top, top draft picks to the to pipeline here, and it's got to be exciting for you.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know what, honestly, that was uh – it's really nice to see um that uh you know other people have noticed the the work that that we've done um you know judd brackett and and uh, rico pearson dan palango you know have done a fantastic job with our amateur scouting um you know uh, you know our pro staffs uh, helped identifying uh you know, Brock Faber in in, in you know, the, the the trade for Kevin Fiala and things like that. So there's a lot of work that's gone into it. We've made a conscious effort to, like you said, restock the shelves. Um we we had to do that here, uh just with the timing of, of everything and it, it it's it's extremely important mm-hmm. and you know, we're I'm very confident in our staff and uh in the development guys to have been, you know, um, Brad Bombardier and, and Matt Hendricks, Cody McLeod, they've done a fantastic job with these young players and, um, you know, we're going to need them. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's nice. It's nice recognition. And, and, you know, I, I, we're real proud of our our staff that that puts that together.
1: Yeah, when you for I remember when I talked to you about uh, about Judd. I mean, he was essentially a free agent. I mean, there were a lot of teams that were going to be going after him. Um, what was that whole process like? It was it was weird. It was like a month that he couldn't. If I remember, is we all knew his contract was ending, but he wasn't allowed to talk to teams, and and uh, you obviously identified him pretty quick and kept him from going to other organizations like you know uh, reportedly Seattle and and places like that. Yeah,
2: we jumped on him pretty quick. Um, You know, it's kind of funny, but Judd and I never knew each other personally, but we actually played for the same junior team back in (laughs) in Massachusetts, and um, you know, and and then you know we you know, I started connecting the dots and things like that. And then Judd and I got to finally meet and talk. And, um, I think, you know, instantly when you have the the type of connection that we, that we had, uh, through our old coach and, and things like that. Um, I mean, that was a long time ago too. Like you just have a little bit more of a trust factor mm-hmm. and, and I knew what Judd was all about you know through other people. The um
1: we're coming to we're doing this podcast in Dallas by the way and it's uh, before the Wild play the Stars and this is going to probably come out before the Wild play the Golden Knights. So obviously we don't know what's going to happen tonight uh Bill but you know the the team is I mean you had to be extremely disappointed with the with the loss the other night in Arizona. That's a hard working team. Uh, They showed at the Coyotes and, and it just feels like this time of year, maybe the last two or three weeks, we started to see just little, little areas of the game where it's just not as disciplined. And I'm not even talking about penalties I'm, you know, structural issues, you know, uh, mistake, fundamental mistakes like the last goal the other night where, you know, two defensemen get caught and a guy makes a bad read. And next thing you know, it's breakaway goal.
2: Yeah. Those are those, uh, those plays kill you, especially this time of year. And, um, you know this this next stretch of games is, is the most critical in our schedule. Uh, you know Dallas is a top team. We've got them twice. We got Vegas. We've got Colorado. We've got New Jersey. All top teams, and you know we need to we need to to fine tune the detail in our game as, you know as, as a team and and more importantly as individuals. We need we need guys to to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we've, we've talked about it at length, but we, we just do that. That's the, that's the God's honest truth. And, you know, we, we, we've talked about five on five scoring, you know, to are blue in the face, but, but we need it, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, you know, I, I wasn't worried. Um, I wasn't worried about getting, you know, having to trade Kevin, um, because we had such good depth scoring and now we're missing it. And it's hurting us. Mm-hmm. So um, we have to we have to find a way uh, to get some of that back.
1: Yeah. When you look back at that, you know, since you brought that up, I mean, you know, do you feel like all right, if I had known this, maybe you could have approached that whole thing differently, or is the math the math? And the reality is buying a Parisian Suter bought you one year of fiala, but you just right. knew that there was no way to to really, you know, if you're gonna feel the, you know, other guys yeah. on the team, there well, was just I, no way I to do it. I think a
2: lot of people forget that that If we didn't go through with the buyouts, we would not have had Kevin. Yeah, last year, right? He would have had to go, or somebody, or and and you can't. If you add up, you know, all the money, you'll get rid of half your team. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, you know, yeah, you have to sacrifice one guy for the for the greater good, and that's that's what we did. We we had to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very tough to to nickel and dime your way to, you know, six and a half, seven, seven and a half million dollars. Right. Um, so no, I mean, Hey, look, that, that was just the way it had to be done. The, um, you you know,
1: obviously you're in a precarious position in the, in the, in the playoff race right now. And you just talked about the murderers row homestand you're coming up. So how do you approach that? Do you feel like after this homestand, you're going to sort of know how to approach the trade deadline or do you almost have to look at it? Like now, like, Hey, we're 50 games into the season. This team has showed me that they can't score uh consistently five on five. And maybe I got to make a move now to try to add that.
2: Yeah. It's, it's a really good question. It, it's I've thought of it both ways to be quite honest with you. And it's, it's, it's tough because, you know, right now asking prices are a lot and, you know, we just saw that with the Horvat trade. Yeah. And you don't want to, you know, we're not, we're still just not in a position where we want to give up first and second round picks. Um, you know, for somebody we know that will be a rental. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and then, you know, we, we hope that, that, you know, Greenway can start scoring more. Hartman can start scoring more. Felino can start scoring more. Like uh, guys like that can just start contributing, you know, offensively a, l- a little bit more. Um, You know, and that, that would be the best scenario mm-hmm. because, you uh, you know, then we can, you know, we can solve a lot of things, a lot of problems internally. And that's, that's what I'd love to see happen.
1: Right. The, uh, it is amazing. Like you have an interesting trade deadlines, uh, you know, situation that you got to pay here is it's like, you have a lot of cap space, um, but you're also in that position where, and maybe coupled with where you're on the standings that you for rentals is what you could afford, what you would want to get, yeah. but you don't want to give up that yeah. first and second round pick. And some of those top prospects that are on Scott Wheeler's poll today. Right. So how do you handle that? And the other is that you can't take term. So <laughs> how do you, how <laughs> yeah. do you go get rental, like good rentals that could help without wanting to give up top prospects?
2: Oof.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: It, it, it's a, it's a weird spot where yeah. we're, we're definitely in kind of, we've kind of got like a foot, in, in each, uh, situation, you know, like lots of cap space where we could do something, but we can't, we can't have anybody sign past next year or past this year. So we don't want to give up prospects and things like that. So we, we've kind of got one foot in one foot out, but you know, I, I think over the next couple of weeks we'll, re, we'll we'll really be able to kind of dial in and, and figure out mm-hmm. what we're going to do. Um, every other game, I
1: decide in my own head what your biggest need is. And I, <laughs> I, part of me wonders if you're in the same boat. Like the other night, I'm like, man, do they need a center? Right. And then a game before that, I'm like, God, they got to get a winner to help Boulder. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, like where where are you with that? Because you can't I'm do the I'm everything. same way. Yeah. No,
2: I'm the same way because you know our our, our team is is has been. Uh, I don't want to say inconsistent, but we've been kind of consistently inconsistent, mm-hmm. you know, like, so one night we need, like, I'm the same. One night I feel we need, oh man, we need a center. But then the next night it's like, oh God, we're just not scoring five on five. We we could really use anybody to help us score. Mm-hmm. But um, again, I think that's why, I think that's why I need to be really patient mm-hmm. and and just really, give this team all the time I can to, to be consistent consistently better. Yeah. You know, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah. But, I, I, I get what you're saying. And the other, I mean, the other thing is you wait, the longer you wait, maybe the prices are going to come down because it is, it's crazy to me, the number of actually good players that are available this deadline at, at not only just center and wing, but, but defense and things like that. Oh, I, mean, man. I gotta, I gotta think these prices are going to come down or people are going to get left holding onto players that they don't plan is in their future.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't get the feeling right now that a lot of, that a lot of guys are necessarily looking to spend a lot on rentals. I, I, I just, I get that feeling. I, I mean, that's the way I am. It, it's, it's um, there, there are so many good players out there that mm-hmm. could be available. Um, but you know what? I I mean, you just, for me, it's, 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 it's just weighing, you know, what, what, what you're getting and what you're giving up and, and is it worth it? Mm -hmm. With the, with the prospects, have you in, with your staff really
1: started to rank like where they are on the totem pole? And are there, is there a line of guys that
2: say, all right, you know what, from at this point, we would be willing to move certain prospects for rentals. No, no, we don't, we don't like, we don't rank our own guys and, and have like a line drawn, like, okay, anybody below this line <laughs> will, will give up. No, it, it's like, like I said, like, Hey, if, if something really makes sense and we have to sacrifice a prospect, but, it, but the, it really makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, then maybe that's what we could do. You know, um, because they can't all play here eventually, like you know. Well, you, you know, Hey, look, you know. You look. Look at the deal that that we made uh, with with Los Angeles, and you know, after years of accumulating picks, you know, they they felt they were able to give up Brock, and mm-hmm. and you know, I think someday, sometime down the line, we'll be able to do that, mm-hmm. and I, I just don't think it's i don't necessarily think it's right now though yeah does part of that have to do with where you are on
1: the standings that you if you, what holy crap what if i gave up a top three prospect of ours and we don't make the playoffs
2: yeah oh yeah for sure like and you just don't want to i mean you don't want to do it it it's just hard to give those kids up anyways mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean that's that's the risk risk reward you know like mm-hmm. what what's more important to you you know, right now for what, what, what are you going to get more out of? you going to get more out of it right now or you going to yeah. get more out of it, you know, two years down the, down right. the road. Yep. Which is
1: again, the shame of not being able to have the cap space pass this year because you look right. at the, like your Zucker trade is a perfect example of that. Like, yeah. th- like Jim was willing to give up Addison in a first cause he knew he had three years of cost control of Zucker, you know? It's, yeah, you know, totally. Yeah. yeah,
2: totally. And yeah, I, I, if I was him, I would have done it too. Yeah. Like it, it's, uh, you know, that that's, if you're getting, if you're getting a player and he signed it, there's a lot of value to that. Yeah. Uh,
1: you mentioned, uh, you know, centers, um, I, when you sent Marco Rossi down to the Myers, I mean, did you expect it to be this long or is part of it because of how healthy you have been? I,
2: I, I had a feeling it could be this long. I mean, I, I think Marco was probably a little further away than maybe we wanted to admit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, You know, he he's done so well and handled it so well and he's playing he is playing very well. Um, so it's it's worked and I think this this really proves that when you when you have young players and you know things aren't going well, they need to play. They need to play in the American Hockey Mm -hmm. League. And it's so good for them and they get more confident and (coughs) excuse me, they believe in themselves and uh, you know, so hopefully that's that's what he's feeling right now Mm -hmm. and and you know yeah the matter of fact is that we we don't have a place for him to to play right now so continue to do what you're doing and Mm -hmm. you know the the day will come and uh but i think right now it's good that marco is just super focused on on you know being in iowa and, and helping that team do you do you feel
1: like if five on five scoring or the center play is continues to be a concern before the deadline that that the time is that he's, he has, he shown you enough that he is ready to be put in a top six role here that could help right now. Or do you feel like he just needs to stay down there and and even if it's the rest of the way, and hopefully he comes back to camp a different player?
2: You know what? I I, I don't want to bring Marco up and and just say, well, here problem solved, we right. got our guy. It's yeah. too much pressure for a young kid. It, it really is. If if we ever bring him up and he gets in and he does that, then great. Then then we're better off for it. But to, to for me to say, you know what, we're gonna take this kid who struggled at the beginning of the year and just yeah. insert him back into our lineup in the toughest time of year, and he's gonna do great. That's, that's I don't think that's fair um, to put that kind of pressure on him right away. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, if we bring him up and he gets in and he does it, then, then great. But I'm, yeah. not, I'm not gonna sit here and say, this is coming, right? You know,
1: and and what he's got to do when he comes back though is he's got a sh- he's got to not just dip your toe in and, and yeah and, and yeah, be, yeah. And like yeah. you know just I'm um, back in the NHL. I mean he's got to almost do what guys like Sammy Walker have done, even the times Adam Beckman where you notice them and and yeah you
2: got, yeah. yeah you got you got to jump in, man. You got to play like, mm-hmm. and that was the whole thing, you know, Marcos. Marco's such a great kid and he's so focused and he wants to do the right thing all the time. And sometimes he gets paralysis by analysis mm-hmm. instead of just, we need, we want youthful energy. We want you to just go out and compete and play hard. And you know what? We'll live with some of the mistakes, even though defensively he doesn't really make a lot. But like, <laughs> you know what? Yeah, take a chance once in a while, mm-hmm. you know, go score. We want you to score. We won't be mad. Like, just go play, right? And and you know, but that that's sometimes that's uh, easier said than done for some players,
1: right? Um, uh, Wallstat's having uh, just he's on a tear right now down there. Um, you know, after I mean, again, proof positive that this is a different world in the in North America. I mean, he struggled at the beginning of the season. Mm. He was getting used to angles and things like that. Now he's you know he's singing in the net he's doing the wave in the net at the all-star game like it seems like he is in, in a confident confident position
2: yeah that's great i <laughs> mean you know what again you know what a, a a really good talented young player um playing in the american hockey league you know can you imagine just sticking him in the net here and having his struggles early well that that's just a lot you know yeah. so I'm I'm a, I'm just a big believer in in the American Hockey League and as a development league for us and and what our young players can go through down there before they come up here. It's it's a lot more pressure. It's a lot the the stakes are a lot bigger. I'm I'm sorry to say, and I, I it, so we need them we need them to spend the appropriate amount of time down there and 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 you know develop and 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 gain confidence and yeah, it is. It's good to see them doing that. You know, it's good to see them. Uh, you know enjoying the all star game there and and letting his personality come out and things like that. I, I, I love seeing that. Do you um the way that he's playing,
1: does it make you change your plan on wanting to, you know, quote, over him down there? Or do no. you yeah. No. I mean you still flurry Gustafson and you see as your tandem here next year.
2: Yeah. Yep. <coughs> hey look like I don't hold me to it. Right. But yeah, that's 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 what I feel. And I I I just don't you know his his career is not only important to the Minnesota Wild extremely important to the Minnesota Wild but it's extremely important for him and you don't want to do you know a young goalie a, a disservice and and bring him up too early mm-hmm. you know it's it's but you know hey look that 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 could be sooner than later but we have to we have to take our time and, and, and think about those decisions.
1: Um, could a lot depend on Gustafson contract negotiations or that it would not have to do. With
2: no, it? I, I don't think so. I, I think, uh, you know, I think we're just, the way I look at it is, you know, that will take care of itself. And, mm-hmm. and I feel like we're, we're in a really good spot with yeah. our goaltending. Do you think Gus is
1: the biggest surprise that you've uh, had so far this season? Yeah, I mean, you know, oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I can't, yeah. I can't imagine you thought that we'd be seeing this.
2: No, no. I mean, we knew he had talent. You know, in 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 talking to all the people involved in bringing him here, it was, you know, pretty unanimous that this this kid had talent, and we could help him. Um, we just need to figure out how. And yeah. When he got here, he was willing to do all the 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 work that he had to do and and you know his like like you know like Freddie said uh you know Freddie shabbat he, he's very talented yeah and you know he he's he's gotten into better shape he's gotten you know more focused and i think he's a lot more relaxed um you know he, yeah he's done a fantastic job
1: yeah i mean that's the one thing i i i've you know, know about you guys is you do so much pre-planning. I mean, you know, even though the Talbot trade might've happened last second, it's not like the, you focusing on Gustafson happened. You, you, you guys pre-planned that for months on different scenarios mm-hmm. of what if, and yeah. you know, what if Flurry's is not coming back? What if we have to trade Talbot? So it's not like Gustafson just all of a sudden you were looking for no, a he didn't, in a minute. it didn't. We didn't just say, just throw in Gustafson. No, 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 no.
2: The, <laughs> yeah. If, if we weren't getting him back, the deal would not have happened. Right.
1: Um, a lot of uh, guys on that prospect uh, pool by Scott Wheeler or people that wild fans are starting to get uh, excited about to or who's Nadineff and you're uh, man. I, there are a lot of people that are talking about, like this kid is quite the talent and yet we're not really seeing a lot of a lot of ice time with him this year. Right. Which is, is that. A concern with you guys that you would want to bring him over right away, or would it be better for them to hopefully re-sign him for a year then maybe even two, and maybe you can bring in Ogre and and, and you're off together in a couple years?
2: Yeah. You know what? It, it's one of those things where it's so different just dealing with Russia. It, mm-hmm. it, it's it's really tough dealing with with those teams. And, you know, the fact that he's not playing a lot, it, it's pretty normal. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think you you always see, you know, the, the pressure points being put on kids and, you know, he's young, you know, and, and again, you know, we have to weigh all these different things. And, and I can't imagine, you know, being, you know, 19 years old or, or, you know, even just a little older, leaving my home country to go play somewhere. And it's going to be extremely difficult. And those are hard things and those are, So I don't know. Sometimes you're better off waiting. Sometimes you're not, you know, like even with Kirill, like Kirill just wasn't ready to come over when he was Mm -hmm. younger and, and look how well he, you know, it's worked out for him and, and, and for us, you know, he, he did his developing, you know, in, in the KHL and in the Olympics and, you know, experiences like that. So. Um, and each guy's different. You know, I think, uh, you know, Merritt is probably a little bit closer just because of his age and, and his experience, but yeah, uh, you're off is, is he's, a, he's a talent. Yeah. Um, we have
1: uh, one, a couple prospects that we, that we, it seems like we always discount the college guys because we're always, you know, all excited about the guys that are in junior or where you up, but a couple, you have a couple of decisions to make coming up here on Nestorenko and Warren. Um, where are you guys with that? Uh, you mean as for what, like as for yes, signing them or do you think that there's a chance
2: that they would, you know, uh, you know, not be, successful? well, I mean, we, we want to sign them both, right. You know, and, and, you know, I think it's just a matter of right now, it's just a matter of letting them, you know, get through their college season mm-hmm. and just kind of, you know, uh, doing their thing. And then we'll, we'll take care of business when, when that's done. Okay.
1: Um, recently you guys, uh, made the decision to scratch, you know, guys, Ryan Hartman, Matt Dumba. Um, how much that decision is, is in concert with you or, or is that, do you leave that totally up to the coaching staff?
2: No, Dino and I talk about it. We, Mm -hmm. we talk about it a, a, a great deal and, you know, just like any other important decision, you know, we, we really try to put the time into it and make sure we've, you know, thought of everything Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, in the end, they're just, they're just, they're tough decisions. A player's not going to be happy. We know that he's going to be pissed off at us or thinks he's getting screwed or whatever. But, you know, we also have to think of the team Mm -hmm. and, um, and we're also trying to think of the player, you know, Ryan was taking stupid penalties Mm -hmm. and, and it hurt him and hurt us. And you know what, like. You know, Matt was making some poor decisions. And, you know, I, I know he's played some good hockey for us over the years. And but you know what? There were there were decisions that he, he needs to think a little bit more about. And you know what? We have Alex Goligoski sitting in the stands who's ready to go at all times. Why wouldn't we use him? Again, we we know they're they're not it's not a popular decision with the player. It stinks. Mm-hmm. We don't like making it. I mean I I can't imagine being told I'm I'm not playing. I'd be so pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> but were you ever at the scratch or, or never? Um I think uh once once very early in my right, like honestly like opening night uh, for the Devils. That was yeah. that was the only time. Interesting.
1: Um, yeah. Especially with Dumba, like because we all think that he has a chance of being traded. I mean, that was probably one of the things that you had to weigh in your own head is like, Hey, does this now create the perception he's not playing well or, or things like that or
2: that? Yeah. Yeah. But you know, yeah, maybe he, yeah, he wasn't, mm-hmm. but you know what? <laughs> People are at our games watching, so yeah. we're not fooling anybody like, but, and this is the thing too. There, there's a, there's a track record there too Mm -hmm. of quite, quite a long track record for Matt Dumba playing some really good hockey. And you don't just become a bad player overnight. Like Mm -hmm. he's, he's still a good hockey player. You look how he came back. He played maybe his best game of the year against Tampa Bay. Like he was phenomenal. Um, and he's been good ever since. Like it, it, I mean, I hate to say it worked, but it, it, it did. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, with Hartsey, it's just, that was more of a team thing. It's like, guys, we, we cannot take penalties. Even the other night, I mean, we took seven penalties. This, If we want to win, if we want to, you know, everybody's making a big deal about us not getting to the second round. Well, if we want to get to the second round, I'm not interested in getting to the second round. I'm interested in winning Stanley Cups. That's 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 where I'm at. But if we want to do that, we have to stop taking penalties. Mm-hmm. We have to stop taking stick penalties and lazy penalties and cheating and things like that. It just, and you know what? Ryan had done it too often and it, it's about the team. You, yeah. you got to stop.
1: And he even takes one the other night and it's, it's, it just, it just feels like he has got some bad mood. He's you got know, the Charlie Brown cloud yeah, over yeah, him right yeah, now. Yeah. It's and it, like, and, you and know because what? not only that, it's like they always score when he's in the box. It's got to be that just yeah, dreadful it, Yeah. Yeah.
2: But that one yeah. wasn't like,
1: I didn't even think it was a penalty personally. But, yeah. You know, it
2: wasn't out of frustration or anything yeah, like that. He was trying to get the puck and, yeah. and you know, we have to be fair to the guys too. Yeah. Like that.
1: Yeah. I, I, it was more like uh he tripped him, but it was like, I've never seen a Like really, nothing bad happened for me. It was the puck. Like usually when you call a trip, it's always because the the, you know, you lost possession and things like that. Let me ask you about Galagoski. You know, he's somebody that I know that you have a lot of respect for, and I'm sure you want to do right by him. So I'm sure that he just wants to play, but yet you know that how important it is having NHL defensemen uh, here. He's
2: going to play tonight.
1: Yeah. But so, how do you handle that going to the deadline where it's like, all right, you know, maybe it'd be
2: better for him personally to move him, but it's tough. It's really tough because you know him and I have a relationship you know we were teammates in Pittsburgh and um, you know we we've we've had a good relationship over the years yeah i want i want alex skalagoski to be happy i don't want him to be sitting in the stands it it i i it stinks that's yeah. one of the you know what that's one of the tough things about my job but that's part of my job and i i have a responsibility i have a responsibility to the team first I have to do my job first Mm -hmm. and then I can worry about our relationship and and how happy he is and all those things it's it's not easy but I have to kind of I just have to do it Mm -hmm. you know hey look if there was I'd, I'd, I'd love all our players to be happy all the time and it's just it's just not the case it just doesn't happen.
1: Right. Um, you obviously gave Boldy and I got some Twitter questions to you, but you gave Boldy the big extension uh, about two, three weeks ago. Um, it, will you try to now work out anybody else before the trade deadline or, or are you being more patient? Like I would assume that Gustafson, somebody that you're thinking a lot
2: about right now and maybe Addy and yeah. people like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Honestly, like when Boldy got done, you know, I'm like, okay, what's next? What's yeah. next? You know, and Chris, Chris O'Hearn is in, in Matt cells or they're, and Mike Murray too. They're they're really good sounding boards for me, and just calming me down. and just saying, hey, look, let's just <laughs> we just got this big one done. Let's let's take a little time, see where we are. So, I listen to them a lot on on this stuff because I I don't, I mean I, I yeah, I, I mean I I'd love to just start knocking off contracts mm-hmm. and getting our team set, yep. and and you know sometimes it's just it's okay to to wait just a little bit. Right. Makes sense.
1: Um, Let me ask you some shorter questions. Uh, Capri Sun 97 wants to know, you said weeks ago that this team will tell you to make a move or not. How or when do you know that assessment becomes a conclusion?
2: I think as we get closer to the deadline. Mm -hmm. You know, I I really do. Capri Capri Sun 97. Yeah, I know. More like Capri Sun like 83. Yeah yeah <laughs> those are the best um
1: here freddie hockey enjoyer is this is this, uh, from twitter question wants to and it part of this is a joke that i've made a lot on podcasts i said how long before you sign freddie goudreau to an eight-year deal worth one million dollars a season <laughs> so, yeah hey you never know <laughs> so um I, G- Goudreau is somebody that uh, he's always, you know, somebody that fans, uh, you know, talk a lot about. They either love him or they hate him. A lot of it is, depends, you know. A lot of it's probably because they know how much, you know, the coach, uh, yeah. you know, has respect for him. But he is somebody he that trusts I, him. Yeah, he trusts he him. He's somebody that I, I didn't know that was going to be this good. And he is your, he's your typical like you. Got, if you watch him, he's the little things guy. You know, he's if you the really watch him, you, you,
2: yeah, uh, people that. People that don't like him because of the relationship that he's had with Dean have probably never coached a day in their life <laughs> and when you have somebody that you trust you go to them you know what and every coach does it and you know what Freddie is Freddie's a, he's a damn good hockey player he's a jackknife you know he, he can kill penalties he can play on the power play he can play center and wing and and never if you move him from center to wing he doesn't say a word about it Mm-hmm. All I want to do is win. All I want to do is win. And you know, watch some of the skilled plays he makes. And and you know he's just he's just a good hockey player. That's what I'm hoping happens with
1: Hartman here is just even getting back to the middle, knowing that he's back with those two might make him to just get back to the way he was playing last year.
2: Or is, yeah, yeah. You know. And that's what we want. That's what we're hoping for. You know, and I think you know, Sam had has done a good job there and I think I think Sam could help the other line, you mm-hmm. know, uh, a bit. But we we need Ryan to get going, yeah. and you know, like you want to you want to reward players for for good play and this and that. And you know, Ryan has not been playing great. But you know what we also we also want to help him get back to right. to where he he is playing well and getting confident and and going again. So you know what, we're just trying to get our team to. To you know, everybody kind of firing on all cylinders yeah.
1: now. How would you say?s Also, like Greenway and felino like those two are or two others that just you know, offensively production wise, have yeah, it's
2: fallen. I mean, I think Marcus has been Marcus, and and you know, it just hasn't been hasn't been there. Greeny's been a little too much on the perimeter. I think both of them just you know need to just get in there, get their nose dirty a little bit, and pay the price to mm-hmm. to score goals. Like you know, I I. I, I look at those three guys, how I kind of looked at myself as a player. And you know, when, when you, when you think you're a finesse guy, a playmaker or whatever, your game kind of goes in the tank Mm -hmm. now, like I said, that was me. But when you have a grinder, blue collar mentality, yeah. Then your talent comes out a little bit more and you're a better player. Yeah. Just look at the so, Rodine
1: goal the other night, right? Eric Sinek uh, plays like a man, takes the puck, and yeah. Greenway goes to the net. And next yeah. thing you know, Rodine scores through Greenway.
2: Yeah. Do the grunt yeah. work, you know. And, and, you know, when I played with guys like Madonna and Dougie Wade or Crosby, like I did a lot of the grunt work and like get those, get the good players the puck. Yeah. <laughs> and then go to the net or get open right. or whatever. And, you know, he, those guys are the same way like you know what get the puck give it to you know Eki or you know Kirill or zuki or whatever and then and then do the blue collar stuff like get your like get get the marks on your face and get get your nose dirty take the cross checks because that's what we were given like that that those are those are those are the talents that those guys have and you know what the other guys can't do what we what, like what those guys do. I right. say we, yeah. but like, yeah. they couldn't do what we did mm-hmm. and Basically. we couldn't do what they did. That's why you work well together. If you're both mm-hmm. doing your job. Right.
1: Um, packs, uh, Dragoon asked if you had to known the cap was going, uh, to remain flat for as long as it has, would you have reconsidered both doing both buyouts? No, just needed it. Um, let's see. Um, Anybody, uh, knobs asks about knowing the, uh, having the number one prospects in the league, anybody that you were, uh, particularly surprised with or excited about on Scott's list, like where you you, or did you think the ranking was pretty consistent with the way that you guys would do it?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I said, I, we don't rank them like that. Like, right. Just, we, <laughs> yeah. I believe in all, you know, and this comes from my player development days. Like I, I believe in all these kids. Yeah. You know, I believe it's some, somewhere down the line they can all po- at least play games for us. Right. They can at least play games for us.
1: Yeah. Um, Kirk Chans asks, uh, how's Pavel Novak doing? Um, you know, have you, have you been paying attention to him? And Yeah, he's yeah. doing
2: great. Okay. Um, you know, the development guys keep us updated on him all the time. Um, uh, he's scheduled to come over and, and uh, spend some time with us. Um, I forget when that is, but yeah, the, he's, he's doing great and he's such a wonderful kid. He's got such a, such a positive attitude. Mm-hmm. He's just one of those just really happy kids. So, uh, grandpa
1: wisdom said, I I read it. It was recently the anniversary of your trade from the blues. Um, what do you remember from the day of the event and does it impact uh, your decisions that you make as a GM?
2: Um, it does uh from the blues to the sharks uh because I got a choice of uh one of two teams and I I picked the sharks obviously I I thought we had a really good chance and I just that day I just remember like it was it was just tough it was it was a hard um that was a tough trade for me and I I didn't play well it didn't it just didn't work out um Uh, you, you know, I, look, I tried, I, it just, like, I just didn't play well. Mm -hmm. I I don't think. And, and, um, you know, I learned a lot from it, uh, which helped me in my trade deadline to Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. Uh, it really helped me a lot. My, my failure in what I see as a failure in San Jose really helped me succeed in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. And it is, it's two different two different scenarios with the same human being and you have to be really careful on a trade deadline because you know if it's a you know if it's not a good fit it can be really hard if the guy puts too much pressure on himself you know he can he can almost just psych himself out from playing well Or you know if he's never been on another team um, that can be really hard mm-hmm. so there's a lot of different uh, ways you have to look at it but just from my personal experiences, yeah, it, it it's helped me.
1: Yeah, would um, remind people of the trade from the Islanders to the to the Penguins. I mean, you had you you were out of the lineup for a couple games couple because games, they were yeah. doing asset management. Yeah, have you ever? Well, done I that? I guess it
2: was healthy scratch. Though. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I guess that technically was healthy <laughs>
1: scratched. Uh, um, I was trying to remember today because uh, one of our reporters was doing a look back at when Zuccarello was traded at Dallas. And I was trying to remember we were in the Ranger, we were at Madison Square Garden right before that trade, and I can't remember if he played that game. Or, or and that was his last game for the Rangers, or if they scratched him because I remember going into that game, there was a lot of talk that him and a bunch of guys were
2: going to be. You scratched. know what's funny is yeah. I was at that game too, uh-huh. and I was actually staying at the Minnesota Wilds hotel, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny. oh really yeah 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 that's yeah. That's, yeah that's interesting because um, I was in to watch Zuki uh, yeah you know for for Pittsburgh and and Kevin Hayes and um uh yeah so I was actually in. I was actually staying at Minnesota's team hotel. Right. It's kind of funny. Yeah. But remind me, so so that you, you were thought that you were going to go wind up at
1: the Rangers. If I remember correctly in that island, Philadelphia, Philadelphia, and then all of a sudden it just didn't.
2: Yeah. And they couldn't make the other moves to make the cap room uh, to fit me in. And it it fell apart. Uh, I mean, this is like five days. Yeah. I'm sitting sitting at home. Yeah. And I'm like, geez, like, I can't like, it's going to be really awkward to go back. Yeah. And uh, um, and uh, like honestly, I think it was 15 minutes before the. Well, it was you know first it was Philly, then Snowy called and it was the Rangers, and then they pulled out, and then you know 15 minutes before the deadline, he's like, "How about Pittsburgh?" And I'm like, "Yeah, Pittsburgh. That's yeah, fine. <laughs> That's great." And then I was just kind of like, you know, is Garth Snow? Yeah, yeah, Snowy, and and Snowy was great. Like he was he was just trying to. Like, like we are talking, like he was just trying to make me happy and, yeah. and do the right thing for me. Um, um, and I just remember like, you know, Kara was right there and I'm like, I hung up the phone. I'm like, Pittsburgh, she's, she, she wasn't disappointed. We just thought it was going to be Fillier, New York. Yeah. And those are much closer right. and they're, they're driving distance. Right. And then I, it didn't even it didn't even dawn on me. I just said yes. That I think we were in Pittsburgh was in 10th place when I got traded there. So we weren't even in the playoffs. Right. But then I was like, oh my God. Like i I might get to play with like this Crosby kid or even Malkin. Or right. These these two kids are unbelievable. And then I played, so I met the team in Florida right away. I'm on a line with uh with Sidney Crosby and Chris Kunitz. And it was it was just awesome. Uh-huh. It was awesome. And then so I told Kara that about like Crosby and Malkin. And then we we had scored a goal and Damp Osma put Malkin on the left wing, Crosby in the middle, and me on the right wing for <laughs> for the next shift. And I was like, wow, like what a difference a couple days makes. Yeah, that's like crazy. It, it was, it was it was unbelievable, and I, yeah. I uh, yeah, that 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 honestly, that trade from the New York Islanders to Pittsburgh changed my life. Like you, you have no idea. Like yeah. it, it really did. And um, I know I'm kind of going off on a tangent. No, here, no, but it did. It, it, it changed my life, and like winning that Stanley Cup, then just it. it these, these players that I was playing with, they made me young again. Like I wasn't a grumpy old man. I was, I had fun every single day with it. And, you know, I loved, I loved it when they made fun of my, how old I was and how slow I was in my old equipment. And, you know, I'd bust their chops and they, they just, it was just, it was just great. And then to parlay that into a, into a life after hockey um, and then eventually a, a general manager's job, like I, I that, that one day changed it set my life in a different direction.
1: Yeah. Really and it, it, you had a really interesting relationship with, with uh, Crosby, right? I mean, it was like, there, there were like some funny videos of you guys on the bench where you guys give each other crap. And there were a lot of guys on that team that said you were about the only one that
2: would like, yeah. that would like give him crap. Yeah. yeah. I, I, we had a great, we have, we still have a great relationship yeah. and um, yeah. You know what? I was, uh, I guess you know i was I was so old and I had played on so many teams, and I kind of felt like I knew what Sid needed, but he needed he needed he he wanted help he needed mm-hmm. help and just he had so much pressure on him yeah. so much pressure on him since i mean since way before I knew, him. and you know what part of my job was just to just to alleviate some pressure from him and you know what and we had some really good times and we had some really really big blow-ups and but it was just we were we i was helping him and he was helping me and and it was just yeah it was really good like um and i think it me busting his chops helped uh um just kind of alleviate some some pressure and some some uh uh tension right you know that was always there
1: Uh, Zach wants to know where does the trade red line, deadline rank in terms of your favorite parts of the season do you like it or is it stressful both yeah both
2: yeah i i even feel I, you I, as a reporter yeah i mean i i love i i love the i love the competition i love you know like last year when we got all those guys in there like that was yeah that was it was nuts and mm-hmm. and yeah i mean that's why you do the job i i love it
1: yeah um, somebody wants to know if you think, uh, let's see, who is this? Uh, Mark Stanley wants to know, is there a player internally like Sammy Walker that you think could unlock Boldy? It does seem like Boldy did play really well. Those three games that Bol- that Walker up was up.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely do. I mean, like I said, like that it, it, inter solving problems internally for me is always better. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can ever, um, you can never trade your way out of problems, mm-hmm. Like you can make a trade and. You know, I, I like even with the Reeves trade. You know what? It, it it was a it was just a, a feeling, but like that doesn't solve everything. You can't, you know what I mean? You can't trade. Okay, let's just trade that guy. Then trade that guy. Then trade that guy. Eventually, you have to change the. It's got to just come from within, and people have to, you know, everybody that we have on roster has to be the solution, right? You know
1: um Skyler wants to know uh what demon currently in the system is the most n h l ready. i assume Faber, uh but what do you think
2: uh yeah, I would say Fabes, yeah. yep, for sure yeah um, he i mean he's you know what he's older he's more experienced he's he's played in the Olympics. he's mm-hmm. you know he's played on the big stage before i, I yeah definitely
1: um Spachik, I assume jumped in your uh, opinion ranking uh, oh he's yeah. yeah
2: I tell you what he was phenomenal at yep. the world junior yeah. I covered his dad. His dad was a heck of a player. Yeah, his dad was a good player. I mean, I played against him for years. And, and you can tell that this kid's got an NHL dad. Like, he he simplifies his game like we want a lot of players to. Like, mm-hmm. he just doesn't complicate it.
1: Yeah. Um, do you have a stand? This is actually an interesting question. Dan wants to, do, do you have standing, like, check-in meetings with other GMs or is it always impromptu in the middle of the season? Like do you che- like almost have a list
2: today? Oh, we're gonna call this guy. This guy, you know? No, or, no, no. I just you know what? Who haven't I talked? You know, I'll I'll look and who haven't I talked to in a long time? I'll be like, oh, you know what? I haven't talked to this guy. Listen. Mm-hmm. And and you know a lot a lot of the guys, but some of the guys I just love talking to. And and the, a lot of times it's the older. I love talking to the older general managers. You know, Lou uh, Lamorello, David Poyle. Uh, you know. Kenny Holland, Kenny Holland's awesome. He's so funny, yep. and he's just such a smart hockey guy. He just you know, Jim. You know when when Jim was a GM. You know Jim and, and Doug Armstrong's been all around a long time. All these the the older guys are. You just you just learn so much from them, and yeah. they're they're so. Um, they you know what they they care they care about the younger generation and and kind of what's hey they'll they'll, they'll fleece you on a trade if they can but. Yeah. But they do care about, you know, the guys that are coming coming next. It's re- it's really cool. Yep. It really
1: is. Did you see Lou Lamarillo's quote on the uh, Horvat contract? By the yeah, way, yeah, I love
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just funny. Yeah, you know. Yeah, they asked him about what they <laughs> thought of the deal. And he said it was overpaid. Too, and, no, too yeah. long and too much money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He goes next. Just, yeah. He goes. You want me to be honest? You know. <laughs> That's him. Yep. That's him
1: um point goes how often does a gm call to look into one trade then an entirely different deal with different pieces end up that one i mean people always talk about setting the table for future does that ever happen where all of a sudden you're you know i'm gonna go with that guy and then the next thing you know you're talking
2: about somebody else uh yeah yeah and there can be yeah deals can grow mm-hmm. you know or they yeah they can they can just switch gears yeah Similar question. Eric wants to go. Have you ever had a trade
1: you were a part of where you were hundred percent sure it was happening? And then suddenly the other team pulled the plug or suddenly changed the players, the germs. Yep. Yep. That's gotta be frustrating.
2: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh man. And you remember. Funny. Yeah, yeah. And you remember for the next time. Yep. That's funny.
1: Um, let's see. Uh well, here's a question. Like you talked about Rossi, what goes into deciding whether or not to bring a player up for Iowa? I'm sure it's myriad things, but he goes, you know, uh, like, you know, it, it, there, I guess what yeah, he's sort of asking is that there seems sometimes it doesn't matter how well a player plays down there. It's, it just, you know, he's
2: no, we really try to, to stick to, you know, I think we've done a good job too. It, it's, it's, you know, it's on merit. Like mm-hmm. it's, you know, we've called other guys up instead of Marco. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just using him as an example, it's, um, you know, and then there's sometimes, yeah, like, you know what, Damon Hunt was playing really well, uh, you know, uh, earlier this year, but it doesn't make, so like, yeah, could we have called him up? Sure we could have, but he's still super young. He's still got to play, uh, a a lot, you know, more minutes and we'd be able to give him and we don't want him sitting in the stands. You know, we can we can call up a more veteran guy who who knows how to manage that and 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 you know, he's already developed. So mm-hmm. if he misses a couple games, it's okay. There's you know, like with Marco, we're like, there's nowhere to put him right now. So why are we gonna call him up? We're not gonna send you know, we we if we had to send somebody down, they have to go through waivers and we'd miss, we'd lose guys. Mm-hmm. So there yeah, I mean there's a, a million different things we take into account and um, you know, but we, we really try to stick to calling guys up on merit. The guys who are playing the best are going to get called up.
1: Okay. Three fun, uh, personal questions and we'll wrap up the pod. Um, Minnesota wild talk wants to know what kind of things does Billy do to find some levity in such a stressful
2: time? Like the deadline. <laughs> you know what? Um, well, I look oh, around the deadline. You know, I, I, I honestly, I, I just like hanging out with my wife and my kids, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's never a bad idea. It's taking your dog for a walk. Yeah, that's the best thing. Yeah. It, like we, we always say, it's never a bad idea. I don't care if it's, you know, negative ten or you know, one hundred and ten. Taking like when we go for a walk with our dog, it, it's just, it's just so. It's so therapeutic. And right. Mind off everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you know what, too? But like when, when this, when everybody's in town for like these, these, these critical dates, I love the dinners. Mm-hmm. I love the dinners that we go to. And, you know, you get, you get Ray Shiro, you know, you got Chris Callaher, you got Richard Park, Mark Mowers, Dave McLean, all these scouts that have been all over the place. You know, we're, we're just talking over a steak and a glass of wine. And it's more informal and, you know Ray Ray's got Ray's got stories coming from when he was a kid with with his yeah. dad and you know or trades that he yeah. pulled off and this and that and like so that's you know I love the dinners yep. getting together with everybody and that that helps you know cuz after a stressful day you, you go and you you know, you have a couple last, too. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh two more for you. Brent Stahl wants to go. What was his rookie season like being coached by Herb Brooks and playing with legends like Peter Stastny, Scott Stevens, Slava Fedosov, Claude Lemieux? It was amazing. Yeah. It was
2: amazing and you know, Herb was uh like Herb was ahead of his time and and uh you know, I I yeah, he was he was great and um you know, just to be on a vet. I was you know, the Devils the Devils weren't a very good team. But Lou turned him around really quickly and they yeah. became good. Yeah. My first line, like one of my first lines was Peter Stassi, me and Scott Pellerin. Yeah. And Peter Stassi, was it was like playing with your it was like playing with your teacher. Like after every line rush or whatever, like, you know, he would he would tell you, I remember him and I did an exchange. Like he came to the wing, I went to the middle, and I grabbed and I got the puck and and I turned. To make the pass and he, he went we went back to line he goes don't you don't have to look i'm like well why i don't want to he goes you know we just switched he goes you know i'm going there just put it a little ahead and i'll just skate into it he goes look across the ice and just throw a backhander towards me that way mm-hmm. and it was just like a little thing i'm like oh, okay man and then you know you'd you'd watch how scotty stevens like competed in practice and you know how you know ken danico who was tough as nails like how much better of a player he was. And like, you would, you would think just by seeing him on TV, like right. he could skate and pass and, you know, Bruce driver, like all these guys that were just good veteran guys. I was so lucky. Cause I got to learn, yeah. I got to learn a ton from those guys.
1: Yeah. I loved covering games at the Meadowlands, though but I mean, the, first of all, the press box was press insane. box was
2: amazing. Yeah. And I remember Lou used to sit right there at the, like the last seat yeah. on the aisle And yeah, I mean, it was right in the... Can you imagine how valuable those seats were? Yeah, I know. It's
1: crazy. So yeah, people that don't know, I thought about this the other day in Mullet because in America West Arena, we used to be in the stands too. But we had... An actual like built press box in the lower bowl center, like the top like seven, eight, nine rows. It was crazy, yeah. It was. I mean, the number, the, the amount of revenue. Primo that they, seats. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was crazy. Yep. Um, all right, uh, last question. I think. Uh, Gan wants to know. Uh, being a big Star Wars guy, what color lightsaber would be? Uh, would you choose if they were real?
2: Ooh. What do you mean? They're, what, if they were real? If they were. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's a good question. I think I'd go green. Nice. Yeah,
1: yeah. Absolutely a little wild green. By the way, I did the Chris O'Hearn story the other day, and I, you know I am amazed. You know, I, all the time that you came here and didn't didn't you know with the number of friends and people that you know in this league didn't clean house. So you gave all these guys time and, and patience to evaluate them, and you kept most – I mean, heck, your head coach, your um, you know many of your scouts, uh, a lot of people in your front office. I mean, other really than Judd Brackett, Ray Shiro, and Mike Murray. Everybody was retained. What what was it about everybody that that sort of you know? Why didn't you come in with all these preconceived like that's going to be my coach, that's going to be my, my cap
2: guy, that's going to be my right hand man? Well, because there could there could be somebody better. Mm-hmm. And um, I learned that from Jim from Jim Rutherford. And Jim came into Pittsburgh, and I believe they they you know the higher ups there wanted because we were we were getting killed on our on our drafting. So he they wanted all the amateur scouts out. And Jim said, you know what, hold on, let me talk to everybody. Let me, let me see what we have here before we just clean house and come to find Jim felt that we knew what we were doing. And he's like, you know, he only brought Jason Carmanos with him. Um, so I, I was like, you know what? Okay. I know Tom Curvers. I don't know these other two guys, Chris O'Hearn and Matt Sells, uh, but let let me, let me let me give him a chance mm-hmm. and i and i knew tk and i love tk he was he was great and then when i got there they just had everything ready for me to go like they'd really put in a ton of time and so the more we kept and every day I'd go in and I'd, we'd be there early and we'd leave late and we're just getting to know each other and um i just felt like an instant connection to these guys and they were all super smart and they had a good way about them there was no there was no like to be plain and simple there was no kissing ass there was no trying to climb or getting my good graces or anything like that <laughs> yeah they were just doing their jobs and yeah. trying to help and we'd sit around the four of us and those were some of the most fun times in in hockey that I've ever had like just kind of chewing the fat on on you know players on what we think will win chris's experience in arizona tk's experience in arizona and tampa and here and matt's with team canada and all that stuff and i just yeah those guys are just they're they're just super smart and super good people and I, I just knew I could trust them. Yep.
1: And, th- and that's impressive because even, I mean, GMs always when you're, when you're yeah. an aspiring GM, you're always thinking who I, I mean, heck that I mean, yeah, no, trainers, even yeah. team services guys, yeah, development guys. It, yeah.
2: What the heck, man, yeah. you got to see what people have. And even mm-hmm. Bruce, you know, like Br- Bruce is a very accomplished coach. I'm like, I, I got to I remember doing an interview one time and they're like, Oh, well, you know, Bruce Boudreaux isn't your guy. I'm like, no, he is mm-hmm. like until you he, say otherwise, until I say otherwise <laughs> he is. So I'm going to see what we have here. And, and, you know, you, you give everybody a fair shot and, um, you know, you always have the visions of what you're going to do. Yeah. But then when you really, when, when, then when you get the job, you're like, oh, okay, yeah. that's not going to work. Yeah. You know, like you, you, there are certain people that you want to bring with you, Yeah, but they already work for another team yeah. and they're not going to give, they're not going to just say, oh yeah, take all our people and I'll yeah. just sit here and have to, You Know, go find other people. I remember
1: when they hired you, I was like, This is gonna be awesome. We're gonna have Doug Wade as a coach, Keith Kachuk, and Jeremy (laughs) Roenick on the left and the right. It's gonna be, it's just gonna be like just team, you know,
2: USA hockey here. And it's really, it's really hard, uh, to, to, it's really hard to like not hire your friends. Yeah. But I think it's best. Uh, a lot of the times, I would, we'd get nothing done. Yeah. yeah. Um, But, you know, I do like having Mike, Mike Medano around. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think he's going to start being around more and more, which, which I really like because Mike and I have, we've, we've been, we've been friends for a long time. Um, but I really respect his, his, uh, his hockey mind and uh, you know, that, that, that's, it's good to have him yeah. around
1: right well, hey, billy i really appreciate it um you know ho- hopefully this team just figures out big homestand coming up as you mentioned yeah uh, yeah tough tough teams but you guys have been really good at home for a long time now uh you know really after a slow start at home got, yeah. got it together so we'll see and uh be uh you won't have to hear from me the day after the trade low line for the rest of the season i'll just be, leave you alone <laughs> yeah i'll be
2: probably go going on vacation
1: or something yeah. <laughs> thanks billy all right thanks mike here's a word from one of our sponsors All well, my thanks to Bill Guerin for joining Straight for the Source. As always, he's been on this podcast probably, man, at least a dozen times, uh, probably more. So uh, especially with the team uh, struggling right now and the trade deadline around the corner, always appreciate him coming on. Mike Rupp joined uh, Jesse Granger, Rob Pizzo, and myself on the roundtable this week on the Athletic Hockey Show Wednesday. So definitely check that out. Uh, had a lot of fun with him. He's become a Toronto Maple Leafs troll. So... Uh, <laughs> You gotta listen to that podcast. It's it's very funny. Uh, follow us on your favorite podcast platform and leave a rating and review. Get a new subscription to the athletic for just two dollars a month for twelve months when you visit the athletic.com slash straight from the source. Again, two dollars a month for twelve months when you visit the athletic.com slash straight from the source. Talk to you soon, everybody.